This episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by Shopping.io. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are listening and watching Untold Stories, where twice a week we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders to find out how this movement truly came to be, where we are now, where we're going. And during the fun times in the bull markets, it's exciting. We try to understand and we think we know uh, how everything works. And then China shows up and decides to like kick out all of the hash rate. And then just our whole world changes and and the crypto ecosystem. And, and you know what I tell everyone? You have to learn how to lose money first in crypto in order to learn how to make money in crypto. And my guest today, Latif Baracha, is here to teach us potentially how to not lose money in crypto. He's been a, a GP at M13. And previously, he spent eight years working with Sir Richard Branson, and during this time developed a clear understanding of how, like we as we know, a single brand and a visionary was able to scale eight companies in all different industries and geographies into this huge thing that we know today. And now hopefully take those same lessons to M13, where he searches for entrepreneurs who are attacking markets with those same perspective. Latif, thanks for coming on Untold Stories today. Thanks for having me, Charlie. Big, uh, big fan of the show. Um, if, if it's helpful, I would love to potentially uh, kick off and get a little background on on our firm and and uh, a little bit of my history in crypto. If that yeah, that I'd love works. to hear it. Awesome. So, um, I'm a GP at, at M13. We're an early stage uh, consumer technology fund out of LA and New York. Our investment thesis is uh, predicated on understanding the future of consumer behavior. We invest in the application layer and the enabling technologies that power them, seed, series A, series B. And we very much believe in a platform approach to, to venture um, hands-on. Our, our, our platform is called Propulsion, which is intended to hopefully increase the likelihood and magnitude of our company's success. And we have amazing partners that are full-time around data, brand, people, and marketing that wake up every day thinking about our, our companies. We are generalists by, by nature, but we specialize in certain areas. I spent a lot of my time in fintech and in crypto, and we've made three investments to date in what I'll call the business of Bitcoin, uh, Lightning Labs, which is a layer two uh, above Bitcoin intended to make it faster and cheaper for transactions, Fold, which is um, a gamified financial rewards business, uh, which is built around Bitcoin, and in a world of depreciating rewards that can literally expire, um, what if you had an appreciating reward and what better reward than, than the, the reward of Bitcoin? And, and third is uh, River, which is a private bank basically built around Bitcoin. Um, and by going, by servicing just Bitcoin, it can go much deeper on product innovation than say some of the exchanges that have a huge uh, technical drag from supporting hundreds and hundreds of, of tokens. So um, at the firm, we bifurcate the market in terms of what I'll call the business of Bitcoin and then all the new areas, which we are also very excited by, including um, NFTs and creator tools and uh, the business model innovation that can come from, from, from this market, which is, which is really profound and I think has implications that none of us can really completely get our head around just, yeah. just yet. Yeah. Um, and that my, so my personal... To go back to my personal journey with crypto, 
as you as you mentioned, Charlie, I worked at Virgin Group uh, previously. Uh, Virgin is uh, just an incredible place to to uh, to learn and to build a career. It's a kind of a black box, but really a single investor structure that is um, supported by the Branson family. And I was involved in managing our entire U.S. business uh, from the Virgin companies. Actually, my last deal at Virgin was signing uh, the term sheet on the Virgin Galactic SPAC before um, wow. it went public. And then had the great fortune of working with a, a guy in London named John O'Elliott, and we started a venture strategy together where uh, we invested in 30 different consumer technology companies, um, you know, Slack, Ring, TransferWise, and a company called Blockchain, which is um, you know pretty well known as kind of the Coinbase of uh, of Europe. But in addition to, to that investment, um, back in like 13, 14, we bought some Bitcoin at the firm and we didn't have a crazy financial thesis or anything like this that. This was 2013, we were, 2014, you were saying? 2014, 2015? Yeah. It wasn't like this wasn't a public thing. No, 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 no. It was it was a very private, it was just a private experiment. Um, it wasn't really done uh, for for any other reason than almost it was almost philosophical in the sense that at the time it was all kind of amorphous and Bitcoin and blockchain all that kind of felt like the same thing and we felt as though this um, blockchains could represent um, these immutable records and the thing that got us excited was uh, in emerging markets and places like potentially Venezuela or Syria where they're very unstable countries, the idea that somebody could have a record of property that they owned was a concept that we really rallied around. And Richard, in particular, was very, very drawn to it. So, you know, we made an investment then. Uh, clearly, it was a, a very good investment. And then uh, if you fast forward a couple of years to early 17, um, in, we had an analyst in New York who was talking to me about the smart contracts and Ethereum and what smart contracts could do to basically everything um in particular we we thought like cap table management and waterfalls and all these things we have to sure. think about as investors yeah downstream yeah total mess today too you have a lawyer sitting in an office um in excel trying to calculate who gets what cash based on yeah you know liquidation preferences and all this other stuff and it, it just it just it's very very inefficient and i imagine billions of dollars have gone to the wrong hands based on just oh, human, for sure. human error so you know, made a purchase of uh, Ethereum and and early seventeen, and then Charlie, as you and probably many others that have been in the market for a long time now, there's always that one or two moments in your career that kind of trigger your interest. And for me, I um I bought a ticket to an event in New York called the Token Summit. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was I remember. At this, it was it was at NYU's campus, stuffy little auditorium. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I spent the whole day there and I'll uh, say some of the crypto OGs were in the room from, you know, Brian Armstrong to Fred Wilson at Union Square to, you know, Chris Berninski, who was, was he's got a fund now called Placeholder. And, um, sure, yeah, Placeholder first, VC. Yeah, it was the first kind of Bitcoin buy-side analyst for Kathy Wood and, and ARK. And he was talking about crypto economic models and how you value these networks and on and on and on. And, and I remember just walking home to my apartment that night thinking there was something really uh, special happening here. Got kind of carried away in the bull market at 17. And then, and then the bear market, 
uh, continued to just study and read. And um, there was a paper by a guy named uh, Vijay Bayapati called yes. The Bullish Case for Bitcoin. He's, which... he's amazing too, Vijay. He, I, we just hung out in Bitcoin Miami, actually. Uh, he was great. He gave me his book. And then uh, everyone should read it. It's it's uh, uh, The Bullish Case of Bitcoin, I think it's called, but I'll, I'll link to it on, on the show notes here. And um, um, it's a phenomenal book. I gave it to my friend. He read it in one day. He mailed it back to me. It's like, it's an unbelievable book, but continue. Yeah. Sorry. It, it, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it, it really, the, the way he framed it uh, with the kind of the history of money and human civilization was just, was just incredible and um, really built, um, you know, my conviction in, in Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, fast forward now, it's an incredibly exciting time to be an investor in the crypto market. Um, uh, we're very bullish on our three investments. And also the many areas beyond Bitcoin that I, I had mentioned. Um, there were real applications now. There was really no going back, in my opinion. If if you looked at the beginning of 18, where uh, the market cratered and you had uh, ultimately you ended up having a 95% drawdown. In when did we hit that point? When did we hit the, you think, that point of there's actually no going back now of this Bitcoin morphed crypto land thing that we have here, blockchain technology thing? I would say probably, um, probably last year. Probably, I actually uh, agree I with last, that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where you saw, that's where you saw, you know, DeFi volumes. Um, and I, I will, I will make the statement that I am not an expert in DeFi, but DeFi volumes beginning of eighteen were like, you know, locked in was like called three hundred yeah. million, and then you know now you're and it fluctuates, but you're in the tens of billions. Um, and 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 then obviously what what happened um, across the NFT space a lot of that was this year but really a lot of the, the groundwork had been built in in 2020. Um, to me, uh, it's it's suddenly become very very real. And as a at a 13 as a consumer focused fund, you know the application layer is is important and there are now you know real applications. I mean if you look back at the beginning of 18 or middle of 18. When there was a 95 drawdown in ETH and an 85% drawdown in Bitcoin, you kind of had, you know, you'd be you'd be lying if you weren't a little nervous if you were in the market. Every bear market, I get nervous. Every bear market, everyone does. Um, yeah, I, I mean, want... this one, I don't know where we are right now. Uh, I saw you posted something on Twitter about the uh, the Dunning Kruger effect. Yes. And, uh, I'm certainly no guru, no guru, but I would say I'm somewhere between the slope of enlightenment and the plateau. Of, uh, sustainability. I mean, I, I really do believe that once you've been through these markets, the volatility, in many ways, can become uh, a bit of a feature, uh, not a bug. Um, but if you're if you're a newbie, obviously, oh, I like um, that. Yeah, it's true. It can, be, it can be tough. It's like you wait for certain volatility. It's like how you're a surfer and you wait for certain swells. You know, it's 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 not a bad idea to have volatility baked into the long term of of this thing. Potentially, maybe it's a feature, not a bug. But it's an interesting point that you make that you, you know, you were pitched and, un, and understood like the breadth of smart contracts very early on. Yet you guys still are very heavily invested in like Bitcoin infrastructure, Lightning Labs, River Financial, CoinMine. Um, you know, in 2017, this was a big topic. Smart scaling in crypto is better than fast scaling. Our industry is only 10 years old and it seems like there's a race to scale. And... And then you mentioned another thing that I want to wrap into your technical debt. You probably get pitched a lot of uh, projects. Uh, you're looking at your researching constantly that from, you know, even blockchains from the get go, you're looking at like, hmm, 
there's going to be a lot of technical debt there, technical burden. So is it still the case, do you think, that even though a lot of these blockchains are now fighting for cross-chain and, and, and swaps and everything, and Bitcoin is building that infrastructure layer, do you think that that, that smart scaling over fast scaling is still like the best solution here? Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, s smart scaling so that you can um, you can produce like Lightning that. Labs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Light Lightning Labs um, is uh, if you believe that, that that Bitcoin is going to move um, anywhere from a store of value to a medium exchange, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely essential that you have you know a business that like Lightning Labs that. You know, basically, transactions are 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 instant. Um, you know, the the cost is fractions of a cent versus you know ten dollars um, uh, on the underlying uh, blockchain. So I think like Lightning Labs is a is a is a great example of a company that has been building for years and, and years. Um, we see the developer activity continue to increase on you know on Lightning, um, and I'd say we're not. You know, we personally don't believe we're not kind of bitcoin maximalists although if you would look at our portfolio today the fact that you would even have to say that is the fault of the maximalists you shouldn't have to to ever apologize or like not apologize but like i'm not in this bucket i'm like there's no such thing as bitcoin maximalists the maximalists actually uh use maximalism to justify their own existence but meanwhile it's always been from satoshi's times till now we're always been chain agnostic. There's no reason for us to to explore and to understand and to and to scientifically uh, develop across different ideas and concepts. And it's very selfish to say this is it. I'm going to attack everything else. I need, I have to harp on that point because I'm not a fan of that either. Yeah, you're right. Kind of have to say it, which is which is unfortunate. Um, but I also say it because if anyone were to study our portfolio, you would see a pattern around around Bitcoin and. Um, as a generalist firm, you know, crypto is one thing we do. And then within crypto, obviously it's, it's the perpetual rabbit hole. And we just think that the market, um, the market is going to be so big that starting with Bitcoin uh, as our investment thesis, where, um, you know, if Bitcoin is, and I say this in the best way possible, is sort of the, for, for many consumers around the world is the gateway drug into, into crypto and really, you know, investing in companies that we believe are going to, to um bitcoin is a safe crypto yeah well it's it's a safe crypto i mean it's um there there is real businesses uh, uh without going into the details of token economics versus equities you can invest in the equities of companies today um that are, are going to basically ride uh the growth of of, of bitcoin and yeah. so you know, um, there, there's some amazing data out there, like something like 46 million Americans own Bitcoin, which is like 17% of the adult population. Actually, a much higher number than I, I thought. You've got, you know, 32% of people in Nigeria own, own uh, you know, I think it's generally crypto, but predominantly, you know, Bitcoin. You're seeing this across across countries. So, um you know, the brand of Bitcoin has gotten, you know, we're a consumer fund. The brand of Bitcoin has gotten so big, um, yet uh, it's the most beautiful uh, example of uh, macro, macroeconomics at work. We all know the macro kind of money printing hedge story, but on yeah. a micro basis, 
you know, going back to my econ class at University of Michigan, you got fixed fixed supply. It's so simple. You've got growing demand. It only means, you know, it only means one thing is a um, as a store of value. And then the question is, how does it potentially expand into into the medium of exchange? And our our base case is store of value. Our upside case, and why we invested in Lightning, is it becomes something something greater than that. And there's some really cool applications being yeah. on top of Lightning. If you look at what money and value is, it's it's a battery bank, and it's an efficient transfer of our own human capital of us. We work, and then eventually we start working. We're transferring energy. We're pro-social, putting it into the world, transferring our own energy into the world, and we're working. And we're if we're if we learn how to do it in the most efficient way possible, we become billionaires. We learn how to work for one million minute and make millions of dollars an hour. Most people don't get to that point because, but it's all about efficiency. So at the end of the day. If you've at least made that value and outstored in that bank, why should that value now be just like a like a leaking battery? Shouldn't the battery be ability give you the ability to power your life and do bigger and better things? That's all Bitcoin is saying. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And there's, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting when you look at sort of Elon and the and the the you can buy a Tesla with Bitcoin yeah. thing and then employing it back, like. To be honest, buying a Tesla with Bitcoin is a terrible idea. Like, why? Why would I? Mean, Tesla's probably depreciate less. There are all ways to get. They want you to take your Bitcoin. They want to take your Bitcoin because yeah, yeah, Elon's so, smart. Um, he wants all us, of the Bitcoin. That's why he's doing what he's doing. He just yeah. wants all of the Bitcoin. The cheaper he keeps it, the more he can get from government subsidies and things like that. You get free dollars. Yeah, I mean, the exciting thing for us around using Bitcoin I to, love to pay for stuff is just. Um, it's it's really the micro rewards and the micro actions and the fact that if we can if we can shift from USD or whatever your local you know currency is into satoshis and you start to think about the fact that you know Charlie I love your show so I am going to tip you with satoshis like that's a show that 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 is an exchange where I am saying to you I am going to part with something that I value because I value you so much and I can do that in fractions. And so you can whole, create a whole economy, I think, around micro behaviors and micro incentives. And that's what's really exciting about Fold um, and their ability oh, to yeah. do variable, Fold is awesome. variable rewards. I mean, uh, that that company is um, yeah, incredibly exciting and have a roadmap that, uh, that, that I think is going to excite uh, customers for a very long time. Hey, guys, I'm Charlie Shrem here in Las Vegas to teach some NFL players about Bitcoin with an amazing symposium tomorrow, but I wanted to congratulate our sponsor Kava because Circle chose the Kava platform last week as one of their newest blockchains and protocols they're gonna be launching USDC on. Traditionally, USDC has only been on Ethereum and one or two other chains like Tron, but now there's a bunch of other blockchains. The Kava platform is one of them and you can access all of those super cool DeFi high yield opportunities that are on the Kava platform now with USDC, which we know and love. So check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash Kava. And congratulations, guys. Having Circle choose y'all as the top blockchain for USDC to be launched on is a big freaking deal. I'm going to go teach some football players about Bitcoin. Here's Courtney. I'm out. The most important part of our Bitcoin and crypto industry is being able to not only earn money in crypto, but also be able to spend it, earn rewards in crypto and keep that uh, revolution going, keep the cycle going of all of us together. Well, my partners at Shopping.io are offering just that. 
multi-tiered discounts up to 10% where you can spend your crypto anywhere that you're already buying everything already, Amazon, Walmart, eBay, but use your crypto to spend it, earn back cash back, earn back rewards. And not only that, but if you go to untoldstories.link forward slash shopping.io, you get an additional on top of every other discount, an additional 2%. So you can go there now and shop and get 12% off of everything you're already buying anyways. Uh, fantastic, fantastic company. Thank you guys so much. Uh, make sure you check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash shopping.io. Talk to me about like the, I don't know if we have a term for it because I use, I call it the Bitcoiner, but that's not fair because it's really everyone in, in this space. So like crypto folk is plural, F-O-L-K. I need to think of like the kryptonite. That's a bad term for it. But you know, the the typical entrepreneur in our space comes to you. How many projects do you guys, are you looking at on a weekly basis, like in normal times, post-COVID, pre-COVID, whatever? Crypto projects? Not just, not just crypto projects, but, oh, but ever, all of them. Generally, wow. Um, and how many crypto we, projects? We we see uh, several several thousand companies a year. So, um, oh my God. Uh, in crypto, we're, we're more selective. Uh, you know, we're not, I would say your first port of call today in terms of like if you're an investor in crypto. But that said, you know you build your reputation through the community, and um, uh, you know very close with our founders, Alex, uh, you know Alex, uh, Will, and Elizabeth, that are founders of our three our yeah. three companies. Um, and we've spent time, uh, you know, with all the NFT players. I mean, we've talked to. I want to say 30 different NFT companies uh, known the dapper guys since the crypto yeah. kitties days. And so uh, we are more selective in terms of the conversations in crypto. I would say we're probably talking to oh, two to three crypto companies um, a week uh, myself. And there's a, a great, uh, a, a great uh, associate in our team named Mark Grace, who has been deep in the weeds with me and we, um, yeah, we, we get after it. So it's a lot of fun. What are some, some common threads between, uh, the entrepreneurs in our space versus other spaces. What are some kind of things that you notice between, like, uh, you know, all the males and females that are running running our whole industry here? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of parallels. Um, you're you're ultimately investing in. Um, it's all early stage, right? So two point versus three point There's a ton of risk. Um, the thing you really look for is someone who's you know very very mission driven. And somebody who can attract people, and that's the thing that interesting. You know, maybe even more so in, in 3.0, which is since um, obviously you started with Satoshi, who's anonymous, and then you have Vitalik with Ethereum, and then you have you know these these other layer ones, and you you know Gavin with Polkadot. Like you, you need to sure. have a, a, a Charles with Cardano. Yeah, I mean it's a positive and a negative. And draws in the customers. Right now, the customers in crypto. Uh, it's changing, but the customers have been the developers, and who is the who is the figure drawing them in? And that's mm -hmm. something that um, I think is con consistent uh, around the human condition and and startups and, and being able to 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 raise capital, to um, attract developers, uh, to build a team. All those things are really really crucial. You worked in the in the space industry for a very long time, and and now you're in crypto. What's the intersection there? I mean, do you see 
I mean, there's some crazy theories from Mars coin to, for, to Bitcoin being really the only crypto that can be used in space because, because it's digital. What, uh, what are some of your views there? What is like the business of the aeronautical industry? That's like a better question. Is it just right now tourist flights? Is that what I'm looking at for the next two decades of my life to afford the ability to get a plane ticket to go 20 seconds? Or am I looking, what am I looking at by the time in the next 30 years? Flying cars? What's the story? Yeah, so um, I think for the short term, it's going to be joyrides into the edge of space. <laughs> I love how you uh, Which, by the way, is, um, you know, is. I'd is, still pay 250K, by the way, in a heartbeat, like to do that. Well, I'd pay anything. Gonna, I think it's exciting. Uh, you know, it's all been in the press about Bezos and Branson and, you know, the race to get up there. So I think it's going to be pretty, you know, pretty exciting. But I'll just tell you, Virgin's approach to it was different than, you know, Elon and, and maybe others, which is the, the point that we that we had was um, we wanted to get to space, not because we felt as though that was kind of going to be the next frontier of, of mankind, you know, uh, having colonies and, and on other planets, but because by getting to space and by being able to see the curvature of the earth and um, take in the beauty of that, it would inspire you to take better care of the planet and be more environmentally friendly and oh my come God. back and try to make a bigger difference um, on earth. And that uh, that's a crucial point because, um, because uh, that, that's wow. really the, the vision that Virgin and Richard and Virgin Galactic, you know, uh, has. There's a tons of capital going into Obviously, the uh, small sad industry and, and everything else, but uh, I, I don't think we're that close, honestly, to to, to getting you to to the moon. I'm sorry. Darling. It's okay. There there are more important things on on Earth to deal with. One of my best friends, Phil, actually just developed uh, a seaweed that he grows, and it's supposed to supplement what you feed to to cattle uh, here in the U.S. And the the seaweed is supposed to essentially like help the cows come back to ultimate health of, of where they went with all the GMOs and, and how the earth, you know, we've treated cattle. And, and the only person who has ever taken his business seriously is Sir Richard Branson. He invites him out every year to play tennis with him just to see how his process is going. So I understand what you're saying by he cares about the earth and, and you guys at Divergent Brand. Do you still, you weave that ethos through your personal life. So how did it feel with all of like the Bitcoin energy FUD coming out and then your friends or family are probably like, Hey, you've been doing this forever. And now you're in this like crazy bad energy thing. What was your response? I mean, the, I don't have a, I don't have a crystal ball or a, um, a great answer as to the solution um, on the environmental point. Obviously it needs to get figured out. I think you have to look at um, countries that have a, a huge, uh, you know, natural energy strategy and, and, and adoption, whether that's, uh, I don't think, you know, Costa Rica is very biased. Yeah. Very and that's where it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, places like Germany and Sweden, um, which you don't think about as much are, are uh, you know, their natural energy c consumption is somewhere between 10 and 20% and going up. And so I think you have to, you have to look at um, countries like that as being areas of, of focus and, you know, there's uh, an abundance of hydro yeah. energy, finding out where those pockets are and, and really um, 
trying to uh, trying to leverage um, that energy source. But uh, it, it needs to get figured out. And I would think in the you know Bitcoin, and you see what's happening in El Salvador, yeah. uh, which by the way, genius. I mean, not only is it an incredible um, movement, and the fact that you know you can now go to basically any merchant and so cool. And, and, Purchase the Bitcoin, but also what a great PR move! What a great yeah. brand move! I mean, who the hell was talking about? No offense, anyone from El Salvador, but who was talking about El Salvador before? No, before they were not. I mean, no, yeah, you're right. So, so you think about as a country, if you say, if you start to think about, well, how do I leverage my energy consumption or or make this an initiative? I, I do think countries are going to look at Bitcoin and crypto generally as a competitive advantage um, and a way to build a brand and to to get themselves more on the global on the global scale so that's where i'm optimistic about but it's a you know it's a huge issue and we got to work on it i was talking to um, a friend of mine who's um who's in the cabinet of his country and he said charlie we we never had any oil and now we do because there you go that it's the digital oil it's the ability what 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 oil and gas gave to to billions of people around the world was their government's ability to create sovereign wealth to create long-term economic plans that's really look at from Norway to Saudi Arabia to even here in the US. That's what Bitcoin is giving to El Salvador. Like right there. It, it's so, how could anyone not see it? Like this whole industry, and I know I start to get excited about when I started, when I start using the word like too much, uh, I'm getting too excited and off the walls. But it really is such a beautiful thing. And now that we're in this world, you know, that, that we're in, um, Listen, you, we we started off like the show talking about bear markets and things like that. Uh, you don't get disheartened. What type of advice would you give to people who are like checking the prices in the markets every single day? Including my own family. Yeah. Who, uh, <laughs> who I, I, I actually know whether it's a problem or a problem when there's a drawdown because I get a bunch of text messages. I hate I'm it. Sure you, you, you do. And so then I go and look at the price. And uh, my advice is have a long-term time horizon. That's like your that. biggest advantage, right? If you're, you know, you will get hurt if you're in this for a quick buck. You almost undoubtedly will get hurt. Um, so figure out, um, and I, this is not well, financial advice, but the way I talk to, to people I'm close to is figure out, you know, the, the disposable income alternative investing bucket yeah. that you're comfortable sort of just putting away and um and just watch the you know study on study the market study the market and um you know that sinking feeling in your stomach when you see whatever your value get cut in 60 70 percent everyone goes through that and it's like the pain before the game you just gotta you just gotta go through it so uh you know be mentally prepared and um i i'm really quite at ease with with all the volatility to be honest yeah are there any like um, hardships or life lessons you've learned along the way that prepared you to to enter into this industry? Are there any stories that you give to your uh your you know startup CEOs to give some give them some advice along the way? Well, I don't know about life lessons. I'm I'm not um uh I, I don't think I'm that wise, but uh, I can I what I do try to think about a lot is um not to go back to like. Uh, investing, but I, you know, really trying to think about the frameworks of Web 2.0 versus you know Web 3.0, and 
a lot of the things that matter in 2.0 still matter in, in, in 3.0, which is you know, how do you create you know, real network effects? Um, uh, how do you build uh, brands right now? I mean, it's really fascinating to think about it. Um, the network effects and the brands that we were talking about in 3.0 are all kind of protocols or infrastructure layers. Like I that's, know, it's that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, you know, that's like the brand of HTTP and like, and, and the ability to invest the TCIP in TCIP and stuff, that. yeah. So it's, um, it, it's, it's all kind of, you know, you know, very fascinating, but if you, you know, if you take, if you take Fold, for example, which is one of our companies, the interesting, the interesting thing that Fold is seeing is that, um, people are linking their Fold wallet to their, to their, um, employer. So instead of the money going to, you know, city or, or whoever, it's going straight to full and that is a really really powerful data point because that shows that fold is becoming like their primary way of managing money and spending money and if you think about again web 2.0 companies and companies like chime which is a big consumer uh banking platform that was the biggest thing they saw was that they were able to own the checking account and 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 make yeah. it really really easy so the, the lessons i give is like you know, to the CEO fold is like, hey, that is a that is a really important metric. Let's grow that metric because that shows that you're building something that's um, you know truly special. And, and so yeah, that's that how API I, I layer of banking that was released with with fold, and you can do it with it's and it, it make that connection. You get paid directly to it. There's it cuts the whole bank out completely. Um, there's no need for it anymore. And it's and it's cool because it's built on lightning, but you don't know that as a consumer. Like the the thing that I think crypto needs to figure out going forward is the demand side. Is the like we get so stuck the on the user experience, you mean? Like the user experience type of Yeah, situation? the user experience, the UX. Like I think MetaMask is one of the most important companies in crypto. Like yeah. that that I mean, it's like the it's like the apps. It's almost like the app store of crypto. Like, yeah, you know, it's kind of maybe that's a bad analogy, but the, my my point is like you go to MetaMask and suddenly it opens up this whole world to you, um, and it's really easy to do. There's no KYC. Um, yeah, it's all it done. It's your, all software. It's all software. Yeah, You're just interfacing you with software. You can, yeah. you can download it. You can download MetaMask, unplug your computer from the internet, and still do all of the same functions. It's all offline, public, publicly available software. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I think obfuscating the cryptoness of it, the blockchain nature of things, is going to be really, really important. And with most infrastructure developments, you got to build up the supply side, uh, which I think crypto's done a pretty good job of. But now you've got to build up the demand side. So um, you know, you take—I'll give you an example. You take Filecoin versus uh, AWS. Like the idea that it's decentralized. And the idea that you know you know you have more visibility into where your data is stored is is important. But if it's not as cheap and if it's not as fast and if it's not as good, I just don't think it's going to ultimately scale. Yeah. So like we gotta start getting things really, really good for the end customer. You well, you've definitely given us a lot of food for thought and um and and things that we have to work on and hope for, but also really good. I like your investment thesis a lot because um, you're very specific in following like how, how, uh, all of the companies within at least, you know, the crypto portfolio and I have to look at the regular portfolio, but at least in the crypto portfolio, all following that same like common thread of 
trying to make the world a better place. And it's great to, you really blew my mind about, 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 you know, like how we really need to take care of this earth, uh, almost like first before going to other places, but maybe to, in order to appreciate what we have here, we need to see other places. I don't know. You've given me a lot to think about. Thank you. Latif Paracha, yeah. thank you for, for coming on Untold Stories today. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for having me.